In Acts of the Apostles, we have many little lessons that are in there uh, to help us understand uh, how, how the church works. And one of the things that we see today is this question of circumcision comes up and the church is trying to figure out, like, what do we do on this? Is this a, an essential thing or is it, is it not? Is it important? And they're trying to work this out. So they go and they ask the, the church leaders to help them make a decision on this. So we see... Um, when it comes to belonging to the church, we need to know these things. What's essential to our faith? What do we have to do? What's prohibited? What should we avoid? And then what are the options? What are the things that it could go either way? And as it turns out, in the Jewish covenant, male circumcision was essential, was needed, right? To be a member, you had to do that. Uh, but for the Christian community, for the Christian church, it's not required, it's an option. So the church lays out what is essential, what's prohibited, and lays out what is optional. And today, uh, I'd like to spend a little time just talking about this last category, the optional things, because I think it's here that we often um, legitimately have discussions and try to figure this out. What, what, what are we going to decide on this matter or that matter when it comes to things in the church? So the other things, uh, they're not going to change, right? The, the things that are prohibited or the things that are essential. For instance, the church's teaching on contraception or abortion or euthanasia, these are not going to shift because they are rooted in what, what Christ taught us, what he gave us to follow. And so when we, if we turn away from those things knowingly, um, we're basically following our, our own path and not really following Jesus. But things like, uh, the, the optional things are, are things like receiving under both species, you know, do we receive the cup and the host, or just one or the other? Receiving communion on the tongue or on the hand? You know, do we, how do we organize our faith formation program? How do we spend our resources to pass on the faith to the next generation? How do we design our churches? How do we, how do we set them up? These are all legitimate options, things that we can discuss and decide. And so in some sense, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in these things because they are the little, little area where we can decide. And so we, we kind of get passionate and we forget that we're talking about legitimate options, things that could go either way, right? So it's important to remember that, that we're talking about things that one way or the other, it's okay. We might have our preferences, but in the end, either one is okay. Now, one of the important things when it comes to these options is who gets to decide? Who gets to tell us what, what it is that we're going to do? Because sometimes the thing is in the control of the, the pope or the bishop or the priest or it's the individual. So we have to kind of figure that out. One example would be the, the old Latin mass, right? So maybe you've heard about this. We don't have a lot of Latin masses in our diocese, but the pope has said, you know, before the priest could decide if he wanted to do the Latin mass, if there was a legitimate request, uh, the priest could offer that. Now the, the, uh, the Pope has said only the bishop gets to decide. He's the one that has to set that up in his diocese. So we might have our preferences. We might not like that decision. But at the end of the day, he's the one that gets to decide. It's in his realm of decisions. Likewise, there are things that the bishop sets up, right? So what a parish is going to be. How, are we going to close this parish or open a parish? Are we going to move this priest from here to there? How are we going to organize the diocese? All of these things are up to him to decide. So again, we can make our, our concerns or our, our desires known, but at the end of the day, he gets to decide. And then there are those things that the, the parish priest gets to decide. Things like, what kind of music? Are we going to do Latin music, antiphons? Are we going to do hymns? What's the mass schedule going to be? You know, these are within his purview to decide. And then, of course, there are the many things that we as individuals or families get to decide. You know, which parish are we going to belong to? 
Are we going to be part of faith formation? Are we going to go to confession regularly? How often are we going to do that? Are we going to tell our kids to receive on the tongue or on the hand? Are we going to care? Uh, what are we going to say about, you know, sitting in the front or the back of the church? Do we care about that? Which mass are we going to attend? You know, which groups are we going to be a part of? Are we going to be part of St. Vincent de Paul or Communion Liberation or Knights of Columbus or Council of Catholic Women? How are we going to be involved in our parish? These are all things which the individuals get to decide. Now, in the end, someone has to decide, right? We have to have decisions to function, to, to, to work as a group. We have to make decisions of how that's going to work. Um, and it's a dance, right? It's a dance between those things that we legitimately get to decide for ourselves and accepting those things which are decided for us. And sometimes there's going to be decisions that are made that we don't really like, we don't really prefer, we'd rather have it be a different way, but that doesn't mean it's a bad decision. It doesn't mean that it's not a good decision for the whole group, for the, 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 the larger community. And belonging to a group requires this. It requires this flexibility that we say, okay, for the, for the good of the group, I'm going to go along with this. I'm going to let go of that. And I have to let go of my total control over different elements of my life when it comes to be, being part of a group. Whether it's a church, a business, a family, there's things that we have to surrender um, in order to be a part of that. And this is always how it's been. If you look at the early church and Acts of the Apostles, we see that today, that they're, they're working together to figure this out. And there's lots of times when this has happened over the course of history where we have to work together to figure out what's best for us in this time, in this season. What are we going to do to overcome our challenges? And leaders make decisions. And sometimes people are like, I don't like that, or I prefer a different thing. And, we can say that, but at the end of the day, we have to have someone who gets to decide, and so we have to go along with what our leaders decide. And this can upset us, we can let this upset us, or we can be frustrated, or we can surrender to this and say, okay, Lord, I recognize you're at work even in these imperfect choices or decisions that people are making or my leaders are making, and I have to go along with it. Christ submitted to the cross for us. He went through suffering for us, and perhaps... Some of our decisions by our leaders or myself are going to be a cross for you at times. And when that happens, I just encourage you to pray for us, help us uh, by your prayers. And it's not my goal, I don't think it's the goal of any of our church leaders to be upsetting to people, but rather to keep the flock together. How do we stay together? How do we best serve the whole church or the whole parish or the whole group, whatever the group is? One of my roles as, as the pastor is to make decisions. And I know it's impossible to make everybody happy, to make everybody receive what they want. But what I'm trying to do is to make decisions based on what seems best for us, for all of us. So when you find yourself in that place where you're feeling upset by a decision that one of our leaders has made, whether it's Pope Francis or Bishop Daniel or myself or one of your fellow parishioners, I'd invite you to, to ask the question, is there a way in which this decision is good for the whole? It's good for all of us. Maybe it's not what I prefer. Maybe it's not what I like. Maybe it's not what I would choose. But is it best for all of us? Is there a way in which we could see that? And if you can't come up with that answer, if you can't say yes to that, maybe then come and talk to me. Go and talk to someone. Find out um, what is the reasoning behind that decision. If, if that's something you want to know more about, you can always come and talk to me. So. This week in the bulletin, there's a few decisions that I've made, I've been praying about, thinking about, and I would encourage you to read the bulletin about these liturgical options 
which uh, they are options, but we're making, I'm, I've made some decisions about them, and so I'd invite you to read about those, think about them, and if you have a question, come and talk to me. And God bless you.